Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today we're joined by Miyoko Taylor. Miyoko is a best selling author, entrepreneur, and transformation coach. For over a decade, he's worked with CEOs, public figures, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders, guiding them towards self-improvement. His strong belief of creating success from the inside out continues to help people across the world achieve breakthroughs in their life and their business. Miyoko, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. No problem. The pleasure's all mine. Good to be here. Before we jump into more about your business, I would love it if you would tell us just a little bit about you, maybe some of the things you like to do when you're not at work. Uh, when I'm not working, well, work is fun for me. <laughs> I, I actually love what I'm doing. When I'm not doing this, um, I'm very active um, uh, with my church. I'm actually a musician. Um, I love movies. I'm a movie buff. Um, I was just thinking about that new uh, It movie that just came out, debating on whether or not I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've... I've had a lot of my friends go, and they say if you like scary movies, you'll enjoy it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was a real fan of the the early version, the, the Stephen King version, so I'm actually interested in seeing how this one is. I mean, when I'm not doing that, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, – I like traveling. I like spending time with family. I'm extremely family-oriented. Um, family is very important to me. I think it's one of the things that um, often many people neglect – Mm-hmm. Um, but when things go wrong in life and you're at those low points and, and those situations occur, you know, sometimes all you have, um, you know, from a natural standpoint is family. So, um, I'm, I'm definitely a family guy. Well, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your business journey. So can you give us a little bit of background? Tell us how long you've been coaching and really what led you to get into it in the first place? It's very, that's a very interesting uh, question. I, I, when people ask me that question, I say, I've been coaching for a very, very long time. Um, uh, professionally, um, probably for the last, um, for the last decade. Uh, I've always been that type of person. People will come to me for advice, even when I was a child. Um, I was that type of person that was going to save the world from everything, <laughs> from all harm and destruction. So. I always had that knack and that desire for truly wanting to help people. So that's how I was created. That's who I was um, from the very beginning. Um, but it wasn't until I, I lost my path, I lost my way, and I found myself working at a nine to five that I absolutely hated. I was in a relationship for seven years, and it was probably the worst relationship I ever was in mm. just because it was emotionally draining. Right. Um and we both were in a situation where we were comfortable with being uncomfortable and nobody wanted to get out of their comfort zone. Um, and uh, my health started failing. I was well over 200 pounds. And if you would see me, I'm a very small frame guy. So me at 230 pounds is definitely not good. Um, so I was experiencing all these health problems and all these different situations. And I remember walking by the mirror one day, I'll never forget it. And I was just looking at myself and I burst into tears. And I asked the question, you know, how did I even get here? Um, where did I, where, where did I go wrong at? Where was the point where I really stopped pursuing my dreams with the things that I was passionate about? And I went through this whole 
self-discovery, reconnecting myself to the things that were important to me. And I read so many different books, listened to different audio CDs. And that's when I really started to become engulfed in personal development. Mm -hmm. And I started looking at a lot of different personal development leaders and teachers and, and things of that nature. And what would happen was I would find myself with my peers or people that I was reconnecting with or new friends I was making, I would start to teach them principles that I was learning that allowed me to improve my life and get me in the right direction. And that's really when the coaching aspect started because I've been an entrepreneur entrepreneur for over 15 years. But the coaching really started when I started to apply what I've been taught and improve my life. And I just wanted to share it with everyone else. So it sounds like it sort of started out as just a natural progression of yes. the things that you were learning. So when, when did you like make a shift to where it became more of a, this can be my business? Well, when it, when I really asked myself, what was I passionate about? It was really helping people. Mm -hmm. It was the teaching aspect. It was seeing someone make that transition. Um, and, and that's why a lot of my clients have called me the trajectory changer. They have coined this phrase for me uh, <laughs> because I would see people going a hundred miles an hour in the wrong direction mm. and they would come to me for advice and I would apply what I've learned and some of the principles that I've learned and it would completely change their whole trajectory, their whole direction into the path that they should actually be on. And I will start to see them progress and start to see them really accomplish some things in their life. And everybody would tell me like, why are you not getting paid to do this? Mm -hmm. Why is this not something that you're monetizing? Because I love to do it. I was just passionate about it. And I said, you know what? I could absolutely see myself doing this for the rest of my life because it's something natural to me. I love to do it and I consistently learn and progress. It's something that's fun for me. Uh, and that's when I really started to take it seriously. So I remember one day, <laughs> I remember one day I had a, uh, a colleague of mine and they were asking for advice. And I was just like, you know, just for giggles, I said, you know what? Uh, I'll give you that advice and you can come by and we can sit down and talk. An hour and a half of my time is going to be about a hundred bucks. And I was just joking. Right. And their response was, oh, okay. All right. That's not a problem. And one, one line wanted to say, are you serious? And the other mind was like, just shut up if they're going to pay you. <laughs> right. So to make a long story short, that was actually my first paying client. And I haven't looked back ever since. Um, and it was so amazing because everything just happened and it's natural progression. Right. So do you find that in business that that's usually the best way to do things rather than to try to sit down and force something to happen is, is kind of just to be open to kind of being in that flow and just seeing where it takes you? I, I want to say yes and no, because mm -hmm. from a business perspective, you have to know your market. You have to know um, who your competitors are or, or the, the most popular people in your particular field, I mm -hmm. should say. Because I, I really have a different outlook on uh, competitors. But those people that are popular in your field, you have to have some type of business savvy. So that's important. So you have to do your research. Um, I'm not saying that. But when you know what you're passionate about and you truly believe that your purpose to do it, then you can start to craft your vision. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong in business. They don't have a vision. They have an exciting idea or something they feel like that can make them money, but you're already starting off on the wrong foot if you're looking in, in that direction from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Because when I was doing what I was doing, I wasn't doing it for the money. 
it just so turns out that you can make a very good living and progress into writing books and doing all these different things. But I didn't do it for the money. I did it because I truly love to do it. It was part of who I am. So you have to really search within yourself and become self-aware and realize what is it that I love to do? What am I gifted at? What is that uh, that point of greatness within myself to where I can add value to the world? What problem am I solving with these gifts? So I think once you find that out and you apply that to the business and learning the industry and getting all the necessary skills that you need, you'll start to see your business consistently progress because you're on the right path. You're in the right direction. It's an alignment of who you are, what your skill set is and what you're passionate about. Right. Let's go back to something you said a little bit earlier, because I'd like to maybe unpack some of your views on it. Is you said that you had sort of a different look at what a competitor is. Yes. Okay. I, I think there are some people in your field that are doing exceptionally well. They're just awesome. They're, they're, they're just rocking and rolling. They're killing it. Okay. Those are the type of people you want to look at. You want to see, okay, what have they done? Um, the basic things. But I often tell people that success is personal. You have to understand what your own version of success is. And I believe that if you are operating on a path to where you are utilizing your gifts, your talents, your abilities, and it's in alignment with your purpose, something amazing has to happen. That's like a quote of mine. And I just truly believe that. Um, I think then they don't become competitors. They become allies. They become potential strategic partners. Because I don't know about you, but when I see somebody that's doing what I'm doing, that is making an impact and adding value, I want to get to know who that person is. Not because I'm competing against them, because there's so many people in the world that can utilize my talents and this person's talent. We're still two different people. We still offer two different, two unique perspectives and other ways we can add value to the same person. So my view on a competitor is, especially in coaching and personal development, is that so many people need so many help with different things, whether it's mindset, entrepreneurship, uh, relationships, communication, all these different things. We can add so many different skill sets together to add value to one person, add so many different aspects of value to one person. So when it comes to competition, I don't view them as my competitor. I'll view them as, okay, what path did they take? What can I draw from their particular experience that I can add to my own? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, I want to shift the conversation just a little bit and go back to your journey. When you were first getting your business started, you know, everybody knows that there's just tons of ups and downs and everybody can learn from other people's disappointments or, or low points. So could you tell us about a time in your business where things just weren't going very well and maybe what you did to get out of it? Oh, absolutely. When I told my parents. I'm very close. I'm like I was saying before, I'm very family oriented. I love my family. They love me. We're all, we've always been close. But when I started to pursue this, it was just like, what the heck are you doing? Um, you're going to do what? There's so much risk involved. Um, are you sure it's going to happen? I don't know. I'm not sure about this. I don't think you should do this. You should go uh, obtain this degree, obtain this particular uh, field. Um, like your brothers and your sisters and all these other people. So I got that and it was really discouraging mm -hmm. to a point because I had this great vision, but they didn't know what it was. They didn't see it. They loved me and they were trying to protect me. So I tell everybody out there that's in business, whether you're a coach, whether you're an entrepreneur, 
your vision is yours. It's not theirs. So you have to understand that they may say things to kind of protect you from harm or danger because that's what they're doing. They're doing it out of love to protect you, but they don't understand that it's something greater than what they see. But you see it. It's your vision. So it's your vision and it's nobody else's. And that's okay. And that's what I experienced. I experienced there were many nights where I've cried because nobody really understood um, the direction that I was heading. At that time, I wasn't surrounded by other entrepreneurs and other people doing magnificent things. And, you know, the entrepreneurial field, it was just me and myself and a bunch of people that had degrees in my family and took that particular route. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But my particular route was somewhere different. I had a completely different vision. So I had to deal with living within a family that wanted, supported my best interests as far as wanting to see me succeed, but at the same time could not truly give me the support that I needed because they did not see where I was going. So that was a very, very low period in my life because I had to tap into myself, my vision, and had to be consistent and persistent in pursuing what it is that I wanted to accomplish. And then when they started to see some of the changes, they said, hey, you know, maybe my son's not crazy after all. (laughs) (laughs) And then it changed and then he started to become supportive. So I want to tell everybody out there, there's a process. People have to see that. And that's fine because, like I said, they're going to try to protect you. They're going to try to do what they feel is best. Not exactly what's best, what they feel is best. But it's your vision. Entrepreneurs, we are, we can live a very, very lonely lifestyle in the beginning because hardly anyone understands us unless you're entrepreneurs, unless you're in that particular type of business field. And this is what, this is the reality that most entrepreneurs don't really hear. And I'm always adamant about expressing that. It can be a very, very lonely period Mm -hmm. because you're often misunderstood. You got to think you're taking an idea that nobody's ever seen before. Nobody's ever. And it could, you could be the only one in family that, that has this, this amazing vision. Nobody has seen it before. And all of a sudden everybody's, oh my goodness, what if it fails? What if this, what if that? And you can't take on those same beliefs as your own. You have to continue to stick to your vision and no, it's not easy, but I am definitely here to tell you if you stay persistent, you know what it is you want to do, you follow your vision and you take action, you are going to see progress. Yeah, I think that's a great point because particularly in coaching, it's just one of those fields where you have to believe in yourself because a lot of people, they really just don't quite understand how it works, how you make money, how you are going to survive doing this sort of thing. Even though there's a lot of coaches out there doing it, it's just a little bit unfamiliar. And I think you're right that a lot of times you have to really dig deep into yourself. And sometimes you have to be your own biggest fan to be able to to give yourself that push to keep going. So in your business, when did you start to feel the momentum? Was there a particular thing that you did or a particular point where you finally were able to say to yourself, this coaching business, this is going to work. I'm going to be able to make this into a real business. That turning point for me was when I got out of my own way, when I got out of my own comfort zone, when I said, when I got to the point where I was confident in what I was doing, I, you know, I got certifications and all those things. And I got to the point where I said, who do I have to meet? Who do I have to connect to to make my vision more of a reality? And when I started to do that, 
some of the people that may have made me uncomfortable two years ago because they were at a certain level of success, I began to realize that eh, these people are people just like me. Um, they have real life issues. They have victories. They have um, discouragement just like anybody else. So when I got to the point where I realized we are all unique, we are all but we are all the same on the same level playing field, regardless of how much money, regardless of how much status. When I got to that point, my business instantly changed because I was not afraid to reach out to whoever I needed to reach out to. Um, I had already known that coaching for me is very organic. I never coach one person the same. And when I say that to people, people are like, what are you talking about? You don't have a system. I have a system, but I never coach the same person the same. Why? Because we're all unique. We're all different individuals. Mm -hmm. And most often what the turning point was for me was I realized that success was created from the inside out, that your life affects your business and your business affects your life. This was this is completely against what we're taught in our society. You always want to separate your business life from your personal. I'm here to tell you it's impossible. Something right. is always going to affect the other. So I'll have somebody come to me about a business and say, you know what, I'm interested in being an entrepreneur or I am an entrepreneur. I'm successful, but I reached a plateau. I feel like I'm stuck. Can you tell me how to get more sales? Can you tell me how to get more clients? And the reality of it is it's never a business issue. It's always a you issue. Always. Yeah, that's that's really interesting to think about because a lot of people really have this mindset that they want to automate as much as possible. They want to put in systems and processes. And while all of that's great and those are really good ways to scale, you still have to remember that you're working with actual people Absolutely. that may need things done a little bit differently. Absolutely. If, if, if you don't know, if you don't have people to work with, you have nothing to scale. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, let's talk about that just a little bit because you said you've been coaching for 10 years. That puts you back in the 2007, you know, that time. Did you start out online or did you start out with uh, more of a local practice? I started out, I, I was blessed to be able to have people that I've always given advice to. So the way that I started out is I just started as I learned, I started to take a more professional approach to the people that I would talk to now, hmm. um, whether they were friends, whether they were colleagues. So I was getting a lot of a lot of practice. And it wasn't until actually this year um, I received an emotional mastery certification from um, a, a brilliant man by the name of uh, David uh, Sinclair. And he's from Germany. Very, very short guy. Has beard. Um, heavy accent, but brilliant, brilliant hypnotherapist, um, mastery coach. I mean, he's worked with a lot of prominent people. And what was a turning point for me is he, he made me take my coaching to a deeper level and realize that emotions, making me understand what emotions were, how emotions worked, how they, how they operated in regards to the mindset and how they tell you so much about an individual. Um, so these are some of the things that I was working on back in 2007. I just didn't know what they were called. I didn't really know the, the, the dynamics or the system or the science behind them. And he just broadened it even to a, to a much deeper level. 
Um, so when I started out in 2007, I was just having fun. Mm -hmm. Um, there was really no, um, heavy revenue at the time because I was still in the uh, financial services industry. Um, but I was having fun. I was having fun getting to know people. And I'll say this to all of the coaches listening. You have to love people to be an amazing coach, to be a really, really effective coach. If you don't really care about people, you're going to plateau at some point. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you can have all the systems and scale all you want. People can detect whether or not you generally care about them. Right. And I think that's where a lot of coaches um, fail or they fall short. Because it's not that they don't love people. They're focusing too much on the money um, or or the scarcity mindset or I have to do this. I have to do that instead of saying, you know what, let me genuinely get to know this person. Because one thing about people, once you have their trust, once they understand that you care, I've seen coaches that are not as skilled as other coaches, but they're extremely successful because they love people and they genuinely care and their clients love them to death. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, one thing that you said that I'd like to dig into a little bit is that you just did this training recently. So do you find that for you, you enjoy continuing to, to learn and to, to grow and to become a better coach? Is that something that is important to you? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to always progress. You have to always be in a place of knowledge and wisdom in your field to where when your clients come to you, there's always something new you can teach them. You're always one step ahead of the game. Even though I have a saying, I want my clients to get to the point where they don't, they don't need me. And what I mean by that is this. Some of the basic and the fundamental things that we're doing, I want you to get to the point where you don't have to call me all the time. We don't have to have a session about it. You've exercised what we've learned and you have these particular skills or you can, um, you know, progress and do things on your own. But when you do hit a snag or you're at a certain point or you're at a period where you're about to get out of your comfort zone again and you want to touch base and have a session and things like that, that's fine. And people think that's crazy because they say, oh, well, you know what, if they get to that point where they don't need you. They're going to go anywhere. They're not. Um, your clients are going to love you because the whole point is, is you are trying to teach a human being how to enhance certain skills that many of them already have and get to the point where they are continuing to progress in their life. So you're going to be that particular resource for them. So that's that's what I tell people um, and other coaches. You want to have the mindset to coach them to the point where they don't need you. Yeah, that's a really interesting concept. I think that a lot of people, a lot of people think that way. And I think a lot of people are like you said earlier, which is, you know, they're, they lose a little bit of that focus trying to get really solid on getting their income to be stable and steady. And because most coaches are entrepreneurs, that is a big focus for a lot of people as well. Just being able to continue as a coach, you have to get that income to be sort of a, in a stable place. So it, it's a bit of a balancing act. Absolutely. It, it, it definitely is. Um, I, I've known people that have done it um, and had careers on their, their main careers, and then they started doing coaching at the side. 
Mm-hmm. But there has to be a period to where you are developing and learning everything you can. And most people go into the business and the scaling aspect of it before they actually go into how to understand human emotion, um, how to communicate more effectively and all these different things. Because the reality of it is, is it's not, you know, the service that is cashing the checks. It's the people, you know, right. the people are writing you the checks or or, or however you're getting paid. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand them first. But it's a balance. I agree. It's a balance. Um, I'm not recommending anybody to just jump headfirst into coaching and quit their job and, <laughs> and then have to worry about um, finances or anything like that. But there is a transitional period. So if you're entering into coaching, your main focus should be learning about people. Right. Well, speaking of a focus in coaching, what are you creating next in your business? What's what is on the horizon for you? Well, right now, um, what I'm doing now is I'm actually developing a leadership program um, for professional athletes. Um, those people who have you see them all in the headlines on the news that get involved in certain things and altercations and a lot of personal development and leadership issues that they have. They don't really have a resource for anyone that is actually um, reaching out to them and providing them with skills. You know, a lot of these uh, young kids come out of college um, with big contracts and they're not really progressing in the leadership uh, part department. So um, I've developed a system and a program that I'm really excited about. Have some support for some NFL scouts and some NFL players. So I'm very excited about that. So that's on the horizon. I've actually developed a uh, training program and coaching program for corporate and executive uh, professionals based on uh, my book, Find Your Amazing Five Steps to Transforming Your Life, um, that I will be launching shortly. And just continuing with the individual coaching and writing books and speaking whenever I can. Hmm. Um, so it's really a brand for me. It's, 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 there's so many people that need our help as coaches. I tell people coaching will be around forever, mm-hmm. forever. And this is why you have to continue to learn. Right. So you named off a few things, your online programs, some one-on-one coaching, writing books and speaking. Is that, are those the main ways that you're earning revenue in your business? Yeah. The, the main ways I'm earning revenue right now is one-on-one. Um, I have a little bit of online revenue uh, from book sales and, and things of that nature. Um, but in the future, uh, my main revenue, what I'm looking at as I'm scaling is probably going to be the corporate and executives and this particular athletic program um, that I will be rolling out. I'm going to scale to the point. I think every coach should get to the point where you want to progress if this is your desire to where when you're doing your one on ones, you may want to scale it down to maybe hmm, I want to say seven to maybe 12 people. You may coach one on one throughout the year. And then actually get into the group coaching and the online stuff. That way you can better utilize how um, your knowledge can kind of be filtered out because Mm -hmm. you want to you want to be able to help as many people as you can. And if you have 100 one on one clients, you are going to burn yourself out. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
Absolutely. So let's talk about your book a little bit. It seems like everybody falls under a couple of different camps. Either they, their book is like really their passion project and it's just something they feel like they had to get out of themselves and create, or they're really strategic about this is, this is another layer of my brand. And this is something that I'm creating to make more people aware of me. And it's, it's just another avenue to introduce what I can offer to more people in the world. So where do you fall on that? Very interesting question. And the answer is that book was supposed to be put out two years from now. Uh-huh. Um, I was talking to uh, one of my uh, strategic partners and um, I was talking about coaching and a lot of things that I was doing. And they said, you know, why are you waiting to put the book out? And I said, you know, there's some other things that I want to add to it because I know that there's some knowledge that I'll be gaining, which will be beneficial to the book. And one of the statements was, why would you withhold knowledge from people that could be helped right now? Mm-hmm. I really thought about it. And that's literally exactly how the book actually, um, you know, came into fruition. So when the book actually came out, it was pretty much an in-order system on everything that I did to transform my life. And it was laid out in chronological order. And I really, really didn't intend to write it that way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just the way that it happened. So that book actually encompasses everything about my brand. So the book for me was an introduction to the brand and an introduction to Miyoko's core values. Mm. And a lot of the different programs that I'm doing now kind of stems back from that particular book. So the book is almost like a badge. Right. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say that your book is, it can be like a business card or a calling card. Bingo. That it's, it's something really good for coaches to have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some coaches start out and they're just on fire and there are these amazing coaches and they don't have a book and they have a book later. Um, some coaches have a book and three years from now they're household names and they're like, look, I wrote this book three or four years ago. It's just now catching headway. Mm-hmm. But the way that the, my book is my badge, if anybody wants to know how I coach or some of my, my beliefs in coaching and, and principles, then they get that book. It's a very quick read. I mean, literally it's probably about 70 pages, but it's very, very good actionable content in there. And they have a quick and clear understanding of how I coach, um, what my mission is, and how I can actually help them. Well, speaking of finding clients or introducing yourself to clients, what's your favorite strategy these days for bringing brand new people into your business? How do you get the word out about what you have to offer? Well, there's traditionally there's there's networking events. I mean, you never want to stop traditionally networking, going to places where your prospective clients are. Um, it's nothing like a face-to-face, a handshake, a smile, a genuine concern for another human being. So I would say that's a good place to go. Um, surprisingly, a lot of my traffic now is coming from social media, um, hmm. uh, t- Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I would definitely recommend, and I don't even do enough of this, so I'm telling myself, um, actually live social media like Facebook Live. Twitter has its own integrated uh, live now. Um, there's Periscope. There's Instagram. People want to see authenticity. And I think if it's anything mm-hmm. that um, 
the listeners want to take with them. It's authenticity. People want to see who you are outside of the coaching. Okay, you have certification. You're this brilliant coach. But how do you resonate with me? How do you connect with me on an emotional level? And this is what's missing in, in, in business and coaching and entrepreneurship. It really doesn't matter. We're emotionally disconnected from our consumer. So until we get back to that, you know, we're going to have that disconnect. We're going to scale our businesses and see we're not making the revenue that we want to make. So you have to be authentic to where they turn on their social media or they read your book and they're like, oh, you know what? I understand Miyoko. He's like me. I, 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 I agree with what he's saying. They can feel like they can personally relate to you. And I think that is key. And that's one of the reasons why I'm progressing the way that I am. And I'm, I've been as successful as I've been because I'm very, very down to earth. I truly believe that that is a key component, being authentic, being who you are, because people are either going to love you or they're just not, they're just going to dislike you, period. And those mm -hmm. people that love who you are, the authentic, the authenticity of who you are, they are loyal people that will support you and that will go to bat for you. So being authentic is so, so important, especially as a coach. You cannot afford to be unauthentic <laughs> at all. <laughs> right. Well, you named off several different social platforms. Yes. And of course, we've been talking about doing a little speaking, doing some one-on-one, -on -one, writing a book, creating some new programs. Where does your time come from? How do you have time to do all of these things? Do you suggest that people just get really good at something first and then add on little by little? Well, let me clarify that all these things that I've been doing were a process. Right. For example, the book came. I was already coaching um, the, the programs. The programs actually came from the actual book. So I took the principles from the book and branched out. And that's how the programs were developed. Right. But I but I do. But I do recommend that people actually start from somewhere. Truly, truly master that particular arena. For example, coaching, I sought out to get a lot of different knowledge on coaching, understanding human emotion, all these different things. That was before the book was written. So then the book was written. So as the book was written, I started to dissect the book and say, you know what? I've always wanted to turn this into a program or a curriculum. So how do I go about doing that? So the programs that I'm talking about, like the corporate program, the executive program, athletic program, they still have the same principles from the book. Right. They're just different. They're just different branches of the tree. Gotcha. So, yes, absolutely. You want to start from somewhere. You can't be all over the place. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, jack of all trades, master of none. We've all heard that. Right. Heard that phrase. Right. So you definitely want to start from somewhere. So I want to definitely clarify that. Yeah. So pick something that you're good at and get really good at it, master it, and then you can add something else on. Or like you said, take that content that you've already created and use that as sort of your foundation. Because if you're going to have a brand, you need to have a consistent message. So it's a great idea to just take that message and then find ways to bring that in to everything else you're doing. Absolutely. So knowing what you know now about building up a really successful coaching business, what would be your advice to someone who's just getting started or someone who's maybe having a little trouble getting their business going? What should be the first thing that they focus on? First thing they should focus on is 
find out where your skill set or where your gift is in coaching and really, really master that and then see how that allows you to solve a problem in someone else. Mm. I think this is the part that people miss. And it goes back to me saying you and I were talking about scaling. Find out what it is, that gift, that talent that you have while you're going into coaching. What type of problem or solution are you bringing to someone else? And when you find that, find that out, that's when you work on that solution. You get so good and so so become such an expert at that particular solution or solving that particular problem. You will start to see tremendous progress because now you're focused. Your laser focused on a particular area. You have a particular skill set, a particular gift that nobody is fulfilling but yourself. I think that's the way that you start. And you will find as the business grows, of course, you learn how to scale it and you learn some other aspects of business. But as long as you have that unique that unique selling point, they say that USP, mm-hmm. and you know what that is, and you continue to focus on that, you will act. You will have a. You will be in a place eventually where you will not run out of clientele because you're targeted. You know how to find them. You know who they are, what they look like, what their concerns are, um, how to get to them, the solutions to provide, and you focus on that. I think oftentimes there's so many different coaches. There's business coaches. There's life coaches. There's uh, success coaches. There's transformation coaches. There's all these different type of titles to all these coaches. But focus on what you do best in the coaching arena, Mm -hmm. what you love to do, what you do best, and you will find success in that particular arena. Miyoko, this has been so good, and I've learned so much so far in our short time together. So I'd love to finish up now with the final five rapid-fire questions. What is one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? Persistence. What's one quality that you think every successful coach needs to spend some time developing? Effective communication. Recommend one book that's had a big impact, either on your business or on your life. The Quantum Leap Strategy by Price Pritchett. Give us an online resource that you think coaches would love to use in their business and that you couldn't do business without. Uh, www.addictedtosuccess.com. It's an awesome resource. And finally, how can the listeners best connect with you if they want to reach out and learn more about what you do and what you have to offer? What's the best way to get in touch? They can reach me at www.miyokotaylor.com. That's M as in Mary, E-I-Y-O-K-O, Taylor.com. They can find me on Twitter under the same name, Miyoko Taylor, and Instagram, uh, LinkedIn also. And they can find me on Facebook at Official Miyoko Taylor. Nice. Well, I will be sure to get all of those links and all of the recommendations onto the show notes page. This has been a really good conversation. Miyoko, thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure is all mine. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.